the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Apple Podcasts, Podcasts Everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and www.talklawradio.com. Each episode, I talk about some Texas or federal law or regulation that needs some explaining. And today... I'll be talking to you about why the national debt matters to you, United States Supreme Court judicial ethics, and Joseph Warren will talk about Social Security. Call us at 210-308-8867 to share your opinion about the national debt, judicial ethics, or Social Security. Or email me at host at talklawradio.com. You can call and leave a voicemail also on a different number, 210-538-4770, if you want to leave a voicemail, or text Todd at 210-538-4770. And today's show is sponsored in part by Financial Planning HQ. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Joseph. Uh, Check out the Talk Law Radio Uh, Facebook page, uh, we're streaming live there now, or email us uh, with your questions. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about the law on the radio. Please forgive us our sins for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Help Joseph Warren and me give good information about Social Security, the debt ceiling, and judicial ethics today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... You might remember Joseph Warren from April 1st uh, when he and I talked about money and banks. Joseph is co-owner of his family-owned and operated financial planning business called Financial Planning HQ. Joseph taught organic chemistry at UCLA before joining the family business. So, Joseph, I wondered if you would tell us how is financial planning like chemistry? A lot of financial planning is helping people make the best decisions to achieve an end goal, right? So a lot of organic chemistry is you're making the right decisions with what the chemical reactions that you do to create an end product or like a certain chemical that's very complicated. And a lot of times to do that, you work backwards. It's called retrosynthesis. So I guess I forgot the name of the book, but the the seven habits of highly affected people, they start they say start with the end and work backwards. Oh, yeah. Begin with the end and the mind. With goals, I use that a lot as like, What's one step from their goal? What's two steps behind their goal Mm -hmm. to kind of get that idea of what's the decision they need to make to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for explaining that. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Is is there anything else you want to remind uh, the listeners about your background, your licensing or credentials or anything like that? No, just really excited to be here and... Yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. My my information will be on the website, I assume. Yes. And um, I, I'd be happy to help you, talk with you about any issues today. I thought Social Security is something that's a lot, on a lot of people's minds, so I thought 
that would be good to talk right. about. Right. We're going to talk about Social Security retirement. Mm-hmm. Should people take it early, on time, or late? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if you have questions about that, you can call the show right now at 210 308 8867. Joseph Warren is a financial planner and he does know a bit about Social Security retirement. So tell us uh, what's the first thing we need to know. With Social Security, first thing I would say, and I recently made a a video on this, is you want to hedge your bets and you want to make decisions as a household. So if you're a married couple, one thing that's very important about Social Security is that when you pass away, your benefit turns into a survivor benefit for your their surviving spouse, mm-hmm. right? So oftentimes the strategy that makes the most sense, of course, it's different for different situations. Sometimes people aren't – they're not qualified for Social Security because they have different pensions with the government and things like that. Right. But in the case where you just have like, you know, the traditional case, say you have a husband who's the breadwinner and wife who maybe has a lower benefit than he does, you would want to maximize the largest benefit because that benefit can be used as a survivor benefit – if he passes away. And you say that yeah. just because that's uh, statistically how it happens most times. Usually the man will pass away first. Right. And yes, and usually the person who worked and was the breadwinner will pass away first too because there's more stress over their well, life. Well, you know why uh, men die first, right? Because we like to jump motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> because they have wives. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were saying that um, you need to pay attention to that, uh, taking Social Security, because the calculation of that amount is going to determine what the survivor benefit is for the survivor. Yeah. So in any eventuality, whether, no, whoever the breadwinner is, right, if you maximize that benefit by waiting until age 70, you can get up to 30 32% more than you would have gotten at full retirement age, which is 66 to 67. And when you do that, if that person passes away the breadwinner, the other person will get that benefit for the rest of their life, as long as they wait until their full retirement age. And if they don't, if, say, their spouse passes away, in that case, they just keep their large benefit. So it's kind of like no matter what happens, it's a win-win in Mm -hmm. terms of longevity insurance or someone passing away. But what if you die before you take your Social Security? That's a great question. And that's why life expectancy is one of those important factors to think about. Mm -hmm. So usually I don't tell people to file early unless they need to or if they have like a really low life expectancy for some reason. But I don't like people to do it out of fear because you hear a lot of headlines like it's going to run out of money Mm -hmm. by 2033, 2034. And technically what they're saying is they're going to run out of excess money and if they don't do anything. But there's plenty of time to do it. And I think the way I see it politically is Social Security is so popular with so many people mm-hmm. that it would be almost like political suicide to like just completely do away with Right. It. Nobody's going to take that away. Yeah. So I think not out of fear, but if you know you don't have a long life expectancy, you know that you just can't afford to wait, I would say do 62. Mm-hmm. If you can, 67. If you're maybe single and you don't have to wait until age 70. Because that's kind of risky in itself. And if you're married, you want to hedge your bets. So I would say the higher earner at age 70 and the lower earner as soon as you need the money. Okay. Yeah. I saw on the Social Security website they have a a simple calculator. Do you have something like that that you can do to help people project? I don't have a calculator right now. I haven't created one. Usually we'll just talk it through, but... There's a lot of calculators available online that we do use mm-hmm. behind the scenes in the planning process. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What other factors do you think about or that come up? With Social Security. Yeah, when somebody's trying to decide whether to take it early on time or late. What if they're not married? If you're not married, I would say the ideal situation would be to wait until your full retirement age which depending on when you're born is age 66 and 67, that's when you get 100% of what you're entitled to get based on your earnings history over those years that you worked. And waiting until 70, like I said, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because it's a risky proposition if it's just you. Because if you were to pass away, all that money, you're not going to get it. Right. It's just gone. It goes yeah. back. It's, the government keeps it, right? And it stays in that trust for Social Security. And so I usually say 67 if you're in good health, 
if you're not in good health earlier. And so if you're going to wait, um, that means that you're going to pay your bills with other sources. Yes. And that's another thing, you know, I expect tax rates to go up. So if you use like your IRA early, you're taking that money out now. And then if tax rates go up in the future, it won't be subject to that, that amount Mm -hmm. that you took out. So that's why it's good to have savings and different options for places to get money from. Right. Okay. Well, we've been talking about Social Security with Joseph Warren. He's a financial planner with Financial Planning HQ here in San Antonio. And if you have questions, uh, you can find him on LinkedIn or you can find him in our show notes from uh, April 1st. We'll be right back. Plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or marquardtlawfirm.com. 9.30 a.m. The answer. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Joseph Warren, who is with Financial Planning HQ here in San Antonio. Uh, Today's show is uh, sponsored in part by Financial Planning HQ. And last segment, we were talking about Social Security retirement, whether to take it early on time or late. And now we're going to talk about the debt ceiling. Uh, But first, Joseph, I wanted to ask you, what's the government's favorite type of exercise? Debt lifting. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were just lifting the debt ceiling. Um, uh, The the new House resolution passed the House and the Senate, Mm -hmm. and it looks like the President Biden will pass it. So let's let's learn a little bit about the debt ceiling. What is it? The debt ceiling is basically like a credit limit for the government. Mm-hmm. It's basically um, Congress has the power of the purse, and what they're saying is you can't spend more than this amount. It was thirty-one point four trillion this last time around. Last time we, there was a big issue was twenty eleven, and it's been raising. It's been increasing very rapidly since COVID. That even that. That the, exacerbated the it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of money was printed, a lot of stimulus checks, things like that. Um, but basically, it's a credit limit. And if they go above it, they'll have to default on their debt, which is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And really what I think politicians use it as, it's kind of like a form of theater. So they kind of do a lot of grandstanding. They make it seem like they do this big dramatic thing. And then usually they come up with the solution at the last minute. Right. Um, but that may be a, a risk if there's not a lot of moderates left in the middle we may get to this point where at some point there is a deadlock. Well, I remember a time when the the debt limit didn't get raised yeah. and the government stopped paying federal employees. Oh, yeah. Government shutdown. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? I do, yeah. Boy, that was a disaster. The Those federal employees, some of them were my clients, and, and they were scared and upset about that. I can't blame them. I bet, yeah. Because uh, you go in to work for the federal government because you think it's a secure job. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Think about that. It's, you never know. I mean, but. Yeah. So the, it's in the Constitution that uh, the government can borrow on credit. And um, so that's why that's been happening mm-hmm. um, with, without a, something that authorizes the government to borrow money. Um, they wouldn't be allowed to do that at all. But it's not unique uh, among other countries in the world. Um, Japan has the highest debt to uh, GDP ratio. Oh, really? Um, they borrow 200% of their gross domestic product. Man. 
Yeah. We're right at their heels. We're close. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think uh, we're not even in the top 10. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I but, know it's more than 100% of GDP last time I checked. Yes. US debt I think it was 130-something percent. Yeah. I don't know how that's sustainable. Um, if a regular person were to go to the bank and say, I want to borrow 130% of my income amount, do you think the bank would authorize that? Only if it was to get a student loan. <laughs> okay. But otherwise, no. Because they get student loans for nothing. But. That helps. Well, plus it helps you to I- increase your capability to earn income. Yeah. Student loan does. Yeah. But and so some of the things that the government borrows for is is to do that same thing to somehow increase production. Yeah, but it's it's starting to get out of hand. That would be my. That's what I think about it. It's getting really out of hand. Yeah. So if you're listening out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give us a call at two ten three zero eight 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 six seven. Give us your opinion on whether national debt is a good thing or a bad thing and is it affecting you now do you think it'll affect you in the future we're going to be talking about what we think Mm -hmm. um i told you the constitution was one source uh, that gives the government the right to borrow on credit well there's also uh, chapter 31 of united states code section 3101 that's where the the debt limit um, is uh, statute in the statute. So just in case you're interested and you want to look it up, that's where the statute is. And um, so, I all presidents in my recent memory have faced this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's you what's interesting to me is when President George W. Bush was in office. Yeah. Uh, in 2006, uh, Joe Biden opposed raising the debt limit. <laughs> it's ironic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just depends on who's in power, but um, both parties have to do something. Yeah. And in 2011, when uh, President Obama was in office, um, the United States actually had a downgrade in credit. Yep. And that cost them a lot of money in interest payments because it made it so they had to basically pay more interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their interest rates. Just like up. when an individual has a low credit score, mm-hmm. usually they, they don't qualify for a low interest rate. Mm-hmm. It may have been a good thing. It may prevent default from happening in the near future because it was kind of like a painful thing. Right. So, yeah. So I, I found this website called thebalancemoney.com. And uh, I wanted to know who owns the balance mm-hmm. uh, because I, I wanted to know where my stats were going to be coming from. And uh, so the balance is uh, run by a company called Dot Dash Meredith. It's the largest digital and print publisher in America. And I'm not advertising for them. I just wanted ladies and gentlemen of the audience to know where I got this information mm-hmm. But their editors wrote an article that says uh, this is how it might affect the people Mm -hmm. having a high national debt. If the national debt gets too high, it could impact you because spending on government programs might be cut. Mm -hmm. So if you're receiving government programs, that might affect you. Yeah. Or you might have to pay higher taxes. And that's what you've been saying is that um, taxes might go up in the future. Yeah. If you think about, you know, out of control spending, debt being run up, the way the government gets money is taxes. Mm-hmm. And they're actually expiring the current tax rates in 2025. So from a planning perspective, we've been going based on the assumption, the likely assumption that taxes are going to go up in the near future. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think if you can expect that, maybe it's good to get some tax-free assets, move some money to Roth IRAs, tax favor municipal bonds. Mm-hmm. or Roth conversions even, if that's something that makes sense with your financial plan. Right. You need to get your own professional advice uh, that's tailor-made to the, your facts and circumstances. Mm-hmm. So so don't take what Joseph's saying right now as uh, being applicable to everybody all the time. Yeah, it really depends on your situation. It's different for everybody. 
but I think it's extremely likely that taxes will go up in the future. Right. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that President Trump passed when he was in office expires at the end of 2025. Mm -hmm. And so the the tax rates will return to what they were prior to that Tax Cuts and Jobs Act being passed. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions, listeners... Give us a call or uh, tell us what your opinion is about how the national debt affects us. Uh, You can call 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Something else, another way that the the national debt might affect us is it impacts the economy. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you wanted to talk about. Yep. What I've been, I did a lot of research on this, and what I've been seeing, just based on talking to different experts, different research that I read, is that it's likely that interest rates might actually have to come down at some point in the near future, maybe in 2024. It seems like that's when there's a lot of consensus when they'll probably come down, which would actually be a somewhat good thing, depending on why it happens. But first, the reason why is because there's a lot of debt that's going to have to be refinanced by the U.S. government, and right now it's like long-term debt costs them like 4%, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to cost them a lot of money and interest to have to refinance that debt, you know, basically renew it at these very high interest mm-hmm. rates. So it may make sense for them. I think it's $1.7 trillion next year to lower the rates a little bit, which would be good for most people. Um, but the reason why is kind of scary because <laughs> it sounds like, you know, they might be in a little bit of trouble there. But at the same time, it could be good for people because that stimulates the economy. So we might see a little bit of relief and I don't think we're going to see, like, you know, when interest rates were very high, when they were, like, 7%, 11%. Um, I believe that was in the 80s, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, back then, it was in double digits. Yeah. Uh, my dad said that he had a mortgage that was 18%. That's crazy. Yeah, we yeah. probably won't see that. But never say never. Anything's possible. That's just what seems to be likely right now mm-hmm. with the way things are going. Yeah. yeah. We don't want that for sure. Um, something else that could be a, a side effect of having high national debt is it affects consumer and business com- confidence. Mm-hmm. And w- we saw that with the markets, right, when uh, there was all the, the news about um, Republicans and Democrats fighting about whether or not they would even negotiate. Mm-hmm. The market would go down, yep. right? And then when... They they came out with news that there was an agreement between um, the Republican leader of the House and uh, President Biden. Well, the market went back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then when when the House resolution passed the House and the Senate, it went back up a little bit more. Yep. So the president would say if, not, if it weren't it didn't go that way, if it wasn't that favorable— Right now, everything kind of went as you would expect, like kind of mm-hmm. like a show, and then it's like they solved it at the last minute. Yeah. But if that hadn't happened, as we've seen that before, usually the market goes down 10 to 20%. And if it was a default, that would be, they say that would be global economic issues would result from that. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it could happen more and more as this becomes a bigger issue, um, having financial markets... Um, affected yeah you know if the debt remains high yeah it'd be nice if uh the the government could be like regular people and focus on paying down their debt do you ever talk to clients about debt i do it's i finding it's a it's an issue that a lot of people are talking about nowadays a lot of people are asking questions about and usually with that i tell them the first step is just to know where you are right so list out Every piece of debt that you have, mm-hmm. the interest rate, the amount owed. And usually there's two ways. A lot of people know them from Dave Ramsey, but there's the debt snowball where you attack the smallest debt first. Mm-hmm. So you get the psychological win. And I think that's very important. Like even people in other industries like personal trainers, financial planning as well, you want people to have wins up front because that gets them motivated to hit their long-term goals. Okay. So that's one way. Some people are just – they don't think that way. They're very analytical you know they don't really care about the small psychological win. And for them, it's just whatever is the highest interest, the logical one to pay first, you just attack that one. Yeah. And then you roll that minimum payment into the next one, 
and it becomes a bigger and bigger amount. And the win there is that every time you pay off a piece of debt, that minimum payment now is cash flow. It's mm-hmm. now money in your pocket that you don't have to uh, basically go towards Visa or right. MasterCard. So. so you're saying pay the minimums at least? At No, pay a little bit more than the minimums. Paying the minimums, it takes – you pay a lot, a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. So you want to attack one specifically, either the smallest one, smallest piece of debt, or the one with the highest interest, depending okay. on what motivates you. All right. Well, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the saints and the sinners of the week. And included there, we'll uh, start discussing uh, judicial ethics. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. Back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. 9:30 a.m. The Answer podcasts everywhere: Facebook, YouTube, and www.talklawradio.com. You can find uh, archive episodes there. Uh, today we've been talking about Social Security retirement with Joseph Warren, who told us uh, what factors to consider, wh- whether to take Social Security retirement early on time or late. Then we were talking about the debt ceiling, and um, we're going to talk about judicial ethics. But first, uh, I have another question for uh, Joseph. How many Supreme Court judges does it take to change a light bulb? Hmm. I don't know. Just one. The justice holds the bulb still, and the world revolves around that justice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you, you've probably been hearing some of the news about uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. so we're going to be talking about that. Um, but we got more people um, that we got to talk about, too. This is our third segment, and it's the Saints and Sinners segment. I love that song. Uh, because there's so many sinners this week, we're going to start with the saint of the week. And uh, I found an article about Sean Strawbridge, who's CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. He's going to be retiring this year. Um, he began as CEO in 2015, and over eight years of him acting as CEO, he was able to grow the port's annual revenue by $100 million, and it's now the United States' largest port by revenue tonnage. So that's probably some stat that um, they keep track of, revenue tonnage. Um, But I thought that was remarkable. Good for Corpus Christi, good for Texas, probably. Yep. And so that's why I call him a saint, for doing well for the economy. Um, now it's time to talk about the sinners and, um, somebody that's been in the news a lot is, uh, Texas attorney general, Kenneth Paxton. Hmm. Have you read anything about him? I haven't. You can tell me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, some consider him to be a sinner, especially the, uh, members of the Texas house. Uh, they voted 121 to 23 um, to impeach him um, over allegations that he abused his position, including uh, bribery and obstruction of justice. And so uh, he's not acting as attorney general right now. Um, And so he's been impeached, but there has to be a trial in the Senate uh, which will decide whether or not to remove him from office. And the most surprising part of this for me is that Mr. Paxton never denied the charges against him, um, which says to me that he's not disputing that he did it, 
and doesn't believe that it was wrong. Yeah. What his uh, response was is that that happened before the election, mm-hmm. and it was reported that I did those things before the election, mm-hmm. and the people voted for me anyway. Yeah. So that means that they don't think that it's bad. Yeah, the voters. But if you violate state law, um, the the complaining party is the state of Texas. Yeah. So whether or not the there's a victim here, the state of Texas still has an interest in enforcing its laws. Yeah. The law is a law. That's kind of how I see right. it. Right. Yeah. And that's what's unique to the United States is the, the rule of law. Mm-hmm. So we we do have somebody. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Mark's going to type it out. But uh, somebody called in with a question for Joseph. Um but we're going to have to answer it after Mark types it out on the screen there. All right. So hang tight if you're interested in uh, this question for Joseph. Um, but while Mark's typing, there's another center that I heard about, um, Elizabeth Holmes. Hmm. And I don't know who that is, so I had to Google what did she do. Uh, she was founder of Theranos. Oh, yeah. You've heard of that? She's a fraudster, yeah. She pretended to be like the female Steve Jobs and then got a bunch of money and then it was all fraud. Oh, really? Yeah. So she started a company. Yeah. It was a, like a blood testing company. Uh-huh. That was, I forgot exactly what they did, but it had a very enticing promise. And mm-hmm. It was all fake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, um, she's expected to begin her 11-year sentence today cool. at the minimum security Bryan prison camp in Texas. Inmates traditionally kick off their time in Bryan by working in the ki- kitchen for 90 days. The hourly wage is 12 cents. Wow. So I'm glad that um, she's not going to be uh, bothering people with her fake blood test. <laughs> <laughs> and then my question for the ladies and gentlemen of the audience is whether Justice Clarence Thomas of the United States Supreme Court was a sinner, whether what he did was wrong. Mm-hmm. So there was um, an article published by this company called ProPublica, uh, but we'll get into that in just a second. Joseph, here's your question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says here a gentleman lost his Social Security. He tried to claim from his, um, his wife who had passed away, but was told no. He wants to know why. And there are a few factors, but I can go over the rules for widowers and if you're a widower you can get as early as age 60 and you can get social security based on the person's benefit when they filed or what if they could have filed when they passed away so say someone Mm -hmm. passed away at 63 it would be based on their benefit at 63 even if they didn't choose to file because obviously people don't know when they're gonna right right so you get their benefit when they filed or what they would have been entitled to as long as their social security age so I would make sure – I'm sure she was Social Security age 62 or older, right? Mm-hmm. And if she was eligible for it – so usually pretty much everyone's eligible for it unless you have a teacher's pension. I know a lot of you know, Northside independent – different school districts don't have Social Security because they have their teacher's pension right. or it gets reduced. That's the anti-windfall provision. Windfall elimination, yep. Provision and some government – people who have government pensions, it's like that's your Social Security. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get double. Right. Is the rule. So in that case, though, you'd have a pension. So for you, as long as you're age 60, you should be able to file based on her record. Well, it's also based on how long you were married. If, if I think you have to be married 10 years yep. or it doesn't count. Yep. Got to be married at least – well, hold on. Let's see. Or was yep. it seven years? Yep. You got to be married at least 10 years. And – you have to – I think that's about it. That's the only real rule. So I would check those things, some of the the factors. Feel free to give me a call too. We can talk about the specifics because there's a lot of factors that go into yeah. it. Yeah. Well, go ahead and give them your number. Uh, it's 210-748-6699. Uh, just give me a call. If, if, I have my phone off right now, of course, but just leave a <laughs> message and I'll be sure to get back to you. Um, but yeah, there's there's rules regarding that and – those would basically be it. As long as she was that age, you know, you were married for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. you should be good to go. 
um, and we can look at it and see if it, see if um, if you qualify or not. Yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, contact Social Security again and find out what why not. Yeah, I mean that that's what I would ask. You're you're not you denied my claim. Uh, let me know why. Yeah. Okay, so let uh, let's talk more about this article by ProPublica. I think the first one was uh, published April 3rd, somewhere around there. Let's see here. April 6th. So that's when uh, ProPublica first published this, uh, these allegations that Justice of the Supreme Court Clarence Thomas had somehow uh, been given improper gifts by somebody um, and that sparked a whole discussion about rules that judges have to follow. And so I, I started to think, uh, well, gosh, we're all sinners and we're all saints at the same time because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Um, but when you're justice of the Supreme Court, people hold you in a pretty high position. They expect you to be fair and impartial. And so um, if somebody did give him things, uh, like a ride on an airplane or a stay at a a ranch, what what issues does that bring forth in your mind? I would say I agree with you that the law is the law, so you have to speak to, like, whether it's against the law or not. Mm -hmm. But... Anything that looks bad as a Supreme Court justice, their only risk I would see is that kind of hurts the institution. That would right. be the only thing. Is you got to be careful for how things look as well. That's politics, right? Right. And just be transparent with it. Kind of be the one to say like, this might be an issue. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the law is the law. So if he wasn't required to to disclose it, then yeah, that's what we're going to talk about after this break. Is what exactly are the rules that? federal judicial employees have to follow? What do they have to disclose? And uh, was uh, Justice Thomas required to disclose uh, the ride on the airplane, uh, the stay at the ranch, uh, the tuition that his nephew received, those kinds of things? Stay tuned. We'll talk about it. Plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or MarquardtLawFirm.com. 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm your host, Todd Marquardt, here with Joseph Warren, who's a financial planner with his company called Financial Planning HQ. And he's uh, helping sponsor the show today. And we've been talking about Social Security retirement, whether to take it early, on time, or late. Then we talked about the debt ceiling, and now we're we're going to be talking about Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, United States Supreme Court Justice, Mm -hmm. and whether he violated any rules uh, when he didn't disclose that he got to ride on uh, somebody's airplane. Okay, so what type of ethics standard would you hold to uh, justice of the Supreme Court, and do you think he should be held to a higher standard than other branches of government, like President of the United States or House of Representatives or Senate? Give us a call. Tell us your opinion about whether Clarence Thomas did something wrong. Two ten three zero eight 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 six seven two ten three zero eight 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 six seven. So, what happened? The allegations against. Justice Clarence Thomas are that 
uh, a businessman named Harlan Crow had provided his uh, private airplane for uh, Justice Thomas to ride on out to a ranch owned by a company that Harlan Crow owns. And whether the ride on the airplane or the stay at the ranch should have been disclosed on a special form um, that federal employees have to disclose where they get gifts from. And so there's the, I found on the internet this document called Filing Instructions for Judicial Officers and Employees. And the rules changed. So in 2021, there was one rule, and then it was just updated uh, in March 2023. So I was asking on Facebook, I wanted to compare this to uh, the chapter in the Bible, Judges, Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. And so I asked uh, my Facebook friends, um, what's the ethical standard for judges in the Bible, and uh, you might suspect what the answer was. What would you say? The ethical standard for judges in the mm-hmm. Bible? Mm-hmm. I know it would have been very high. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, one person said um, uh, God's law, uh, mm-hmm. the Mosaic Code, and and so that's what that's what everybody had to abide by. Yeah. Um, but I know that some of those judges were not that good. Yeah, that's what the law was. It's very strict. Right. <laughs> Old Testament law. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's not really a good way to compare uh, our judges today with uh, the judges back then. But I did find that Clarence Thomas does uh, post his financial disclosures uh, online. At least there was a some company that, that gets that information, probably from Freedom of Information Act, and he has to report all of his income from every source. Well, like you were saying, you would hope that there would be transparency. Yeah, I think that's, that's what people want, transparency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the, the financial disclosure. Mm-hmm. So, Joseph, while I'm looking up this, the, the difference in the rule here, yeah. Tell us some other things that you would expect from judges. It says to be – you wouldn't want a judge to be as impartial as possible. So, of course, bribery, things like that are not good. Money can influence people's decisions. I think if you give someone a gift, a lot of the times – sometimes you feel beholden to them, depending on people's personality. But mm-hmm. someone gives you a huge gift, like $100,000 or something. There's some level of strings that are probably attached to that gift. So financial transparency would solve a lot of that. And I guess just the the wherewithal to make the best decisions, something in place to just make sure that, you know, ethically they're they're doing the right things and right. they can make good decisions at the same time. I think mm-hmm. there's like mental – making sure they're mentally fit as well. Right. Yeah. So in this section for gifts in this financial disclosure reporting uh, form, these are the instructions. It It says – Report information on gifts aggregating more than $415 in value received by the filer, the person filing, Mm -hmm. spouses, and dependent children from any source other than gifts from a relative. Hmm. So if your spouse received a gift from somewhere or if your child, a dependent child, received a gift from somewhere, you'd have to report it. Mm -hmm. But if your spouse gives you a gift, you don't have to report that. Yeah. A gift is a payment, advance, forbearance, rendering or deposit of money or anything of value unless consideration of equal or greater value is received by the donor. Mm-hmm. So that would be like if I bought something from you. That's not really a gift. Yeah. And then in the next paragraph it says food, lodging or entertainment received as personal hospitality need not be reported. Hmm. And so that's what the argument is for saying that Justice Thomas didn't do anything wrong because at the time, this was the rule. Yeah. Up until March 2023. 
2023. Mm-hmm. And so the, this was a personal friend of his. It wasn't um, anybody else. I, I guess it, they need to determine, they need to define um, what personal hospitality is. Okay, well, in the next sentence it says personal hospitality means hospitality extended for a non-business purpose by an individual at the personal residence of that individual or his or her family or on property or facilities owned by that individual or his or her family. So being at Harlan Crow's ranch presumably would not have violated this law or this rule yeah now it does because there's um the the updated form um which i'm trying to find here i got to scroll through all these pages but we do want to hear from ladies and gentlemen of the audience do you think that receiving airplane rides and stays at ranches uh, would be considered an inappropriate gift even if it's a friend. Give us a call at 210-308-8867. Something else that uh, allegedly happened was uh, Harlan Crow paid for uh, a grandnephew to have some private school tuition. Well, under that rule that, that I just read, says that only gifts to yourself or your spouse or dependent children have to be reported. Mm -hmm. And so since this grandnephew was not in any of those categories, he didn't report it. Wow. And so does that, do you think that's something that people should complain about? Is it inappropriate? Yeah. He probably wouldn't have gotten the gift if he wasn't who he was. That's what I would say. But... Just like if it's They're written. friends. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> At, I mean, he has high friends, right? You're Supreme Court. You have friends who, like, have a lot of sway, influence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if that was the law and it wasn't required to be reported, he would have just been wasting his time by reporting it. Yeah, so because probably, he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, and Justice Thomas made a statement that said that Harlan Crow was not trying to influence him and there was no business before the court. Yeah. That's another consideration, like, is it right before right. <laughs> a court case? Yeah, so it's yeah. important to, that there is some somebody watching because you don't want judges to be bought off, mm-hmm. right? That would be bad. Yep. Okay, so the new rule says a gift is a payment, advance, forbearance, rendering or deposit of money or anything of value unless consideration of equal or greater value is received by the donor. That's the same. Personal hospitality need not be reported. Okay. That seems like the same thing. Oh, but here's a change. Gifts received from a relative. I'll have to get back to you on that. But there's other people I want to discuss. So... You can still weigh in on this. Email me. uh, Leave me a message. uh, Go to Facebook. Drop a comment. Or uh, find the video on YouTube. In fact, you can watch a whole lot of videos on YouTube. Uh, Joseph has a lot of videos on YouTube. You can learn about financial planning, right? Yep. What are some of the other videos you have? Some videos I have are that people like. I think nowadays Social Security is huge. Debt, different ways of paying off debt is something that th- people think about a lot. And then you minimizing a, taxes. Okay, so you have so a video on debt. I do, and that's actually a short video. Very okay. Short, yeah. And then you have one on taxes. Minimizing taxes is something that a lot of people are interested in. In retirement? In all stages of life. Oh, Either okay. when, as a business owner, there's a lot of stuff you can do, or in retirement as well. Okay, cool. I'll have to check that one out. Mm-hmm. I wondered... Uh, since this is our fourth segment, I'd like to talk about legacy because uh, attorneys at Moore Court Law Firm do last wills and living trusts and tax-protected inheritance plans. And uh, all that relates to legacy, at least in my mind. So you know what that means. 
And now, it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. Joseph, I'm wondering, what's the legacy of the United States going to be? Is is the United States going to have a reputation and legacy for being drowning in debt? Yeah. At a certain point, it becomes unsustainable. I don't think, because you think about it, you just keep printing money. Inflation gets out of hand. Mm -hmm. Things are not going to be... Your, your currency won't be worth as much. And there's a lot of threats happening now with other countries forming alliances around their currency. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as a big short-term threat. I think long-term, though, if you could see this playing out the same way with no changes, it would be a bad legacy. But I love a redemption arc, so I'm hoping you know, there's some cuts in spending. The government has a, a knack for spending a lot of money on things. So mm-hmm. You sometimes hear about like $3,000 chairs and stuff they're spending right. money on. Just some reasonableness there. Maybe slight... Increases in taxes that make sense, which is, I'm, a, I'm more conservative, but I think a small amount would be needed that makes sense. And from there, you could start to make the situation better and improve it over time. Good. Well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank it's you. awesome talking about the debt, judicial ethics, and Social Security. And you can be with us this week and every week. Tune in at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. And if you miss an episode, check out my podcast or go to YouTube. And remember to subscribe to YouTube and click the little bell so you get a notification whenever a video gets dropped. I'm Todd Marquardt. I'll talk to you later. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.